episode 24 of the podcast is a conversation with the one and only Danica Giswold. She is an advanced combo practitioner, a Reiki master, and former licensed nurse. I had the privilege of sitting with her in ceremony for two days, and when you see this woman, this this being within her power, you truly realize that she has dedicated lifetimes to knowing her true self and purifying her vessel so that she can be the potent healer she is today. Highlights from this episode. How plant medicines such as iboga and ayahuasca helped her leave a life of numbing with drugs and alcohol to stepping into a life of freedom and being in close ties with her higher self, who she likes to call Jenny. The one I'm so excited for is she discusses her style of light language, the interdimensional being she channels, and how light language shows up within ceremony when she's working with others. We also cover how she sets up a space in ceremony, the importance of boundaries for healers, and at the end she covers how facing sexual trauma and fear of abandonment has really helped her open her heart. If you feel called to work with Danica, which I highly recommend, you can find all of her information, her website, as well as her Instagram in the show notes. And you can find my website there as well. If you're a returning listener, you may have heard me say before that this is a truly divinely guided podcast. I am constantly working with my guides, ancestors, and higher self when I'm recording, editing, really doing anything for the podcast. And it's funny because... This was an episode I had scheduled out for probably five weeks from today, and I think it's because Danica has recently really stepped into her own on her Instagram, sharing her light language, giving details into it, and giving healing codes for her followers. So at first, it started coming in in my dreams, in my meditations. You know when you get messages from your guides, and you're kind of like, ah, you know, later. That's That just doesn't work for me right now. And then they start pushing you more and more and making things that should be easy, just not really work out well. Well, that's what was happening for me. So I know you are going to enjoy this episode. I have a strong feeling that this is a message that's not only for me to be hearing again, but a message for you to hear of how important it is for you to own your light and to just stop giving a shit about what everyone else thinks. Own your life, live your truth, and kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. You are listening to the School of Whispers podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie, and this is my space to get real, open, and weird about my life experiences as a psychic, medium, energy healer, and student of Chinese medicine. On the show, I'll be sharing my healing journey and the concepts I've learned along the way, and I'll be having guests on talking about the same sort of thing. I am so happy you're here, and I hope this show leaves you feeling inspired and empowered to learn how to listen to the whispers of your own body and spirit. Let's get into the show. All right. Well, first I want to say thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I'm really excited because 
when I first learned about you through Bonnie, um, she was just like, Steph, the way that Danica runs things, you it's she's going to open your mind to what's actually possible and she'll she's gonna change the whole game. So I'm really, really I'm I'm like I'm really excited. <laughs> um so I was looking at your website and I see that. Well, like one thing that Bonnie says, and I like after I've really looked at your Instagram without looking like I'm trying to flatter you too much, you're one of the real ones. I can really, I can feel it. I can see it. I read it. And um, and reading your website, I realized, so you did a nine month combo training. It was a mentorship. So I've had four teachers for combo. Wow. So how many, how long in total have you been trained for? Well, I've been serving for a little over two years. And so I guess the, the training's been in two years as well, because, you know, most of these trainings are done um, within a week, some are even less, which blows my mind. And, you know, that's not enough time to truly understand this medicine or even the human body and even the trauma that can come up and how to hold space. So I really dedicated the last uh, two years, you know, mm-hmm. learning from different people and their perspectives. But yeah, I had a nine month mentorship. It was actually supposed to be a year, but um our, our time was done, you know, you can put these human time frames on stuff. But when the student is was done, right, they go off on on their way. And so yeah, yeah, it's, I, I do readings for others. And something that's really been coming up recently is how um, our guides, they don't really appreciate human timing. They don't say do this for 30 days, they've actually been giving people, um, different measurements of time. And uh, yeah, that definitely makes sense. So were you, so I see you're also a Reiki practitioner. So were you doing Reiki healings beforehand? Yeah, that's kind of where I started after my spiritual awakening with ayahuasca. Um, Technically, I guess you could say I've always been a healer because I was a nurse and that's, you know, its own form of, of healing. And then after I did ayahuasca, um, I was already done working as a nurse. I was no longer aligned with that path. And, you know, I couldn't morally keep putting pills down people's faces and it's not really working. And it was more about the money than actually getting to the root cause. And it, um, that's like a whole story on its own, but it had caused me to relapse on cocaine. And I was like, if this is meant for me, then I shouldn't be having all this pressure, all this weight. And there shouldn't be this need to numb out with, you know, drugs or alcohol. And so totally left <laughs> um, that space. But yeah, I started with Reiki and that's always what I recommend for my clients too, that want to get into you know, their healing path It is Reiki because it opens up so much of your own energetic connections, sensing energy, and it's in your healing in yourself with the, the 21 days of self Reiki. Are you attuned in Reiki at all? No. So I actually, I've had a really weird path that, um, I won't, I don't want to take up the time. I'll, I'll tell you later when I see you later in ceremony. Um, but my, my friend Casey, who's, who will be joining, she's attuned, but I remember one time yelling at the sky being like, aren't I supposed to help people? Why won't you help me help them? And then it was, I think what it was when the Claire audience set in and I heard clear as day, you cannot heal others until you've healed yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I started after that point scanning myself and my professor at school, he does medical Qigong and I saw him do it on others. I was like, you can do that to others. So (laughs) in a weird way, I kind of 
was on is kind of similar to Reiki. Yeah. There's different modalities for, you know, <clears throat> energy. And now, like, if you look at my website or Instagram, I call it Reiki sessions, but that's not, it's developed. It's into my own um, juice, mojo, modality, which you'll be seeing these next few days. Um, but I still, like, respect it and I'll... I call it that there's a little bit of part I do, but even I'm going to be starting to teach Reiki, but the premises on it is to, this is, you can start, you can stay with Reiki or let it just develop into your own energetic healing. What is it going to develop? We don't have to live in this box. Mm-hmm. And that's also kind of why I seeked out so many combo teachers. Cause my first combo teacher was very in a box, traditional, this is how we do it. And it's like, well, that's not how the universe works. Nothing it is remains the same. It's always changing. It's always growing. And um, how they do things in the jungle is different how we do them in Western <laughs> and society. And we need to blend the two. Mm. How was, how long were you in the jungle for? Last time I was there was just for a week, but I'm going back again in March and I'll be there for 10 days. Mm, that's so fun. I love, I love that whole, whenever, when, when I was 10 years old and I first went to South American jungles, I was like, Oh, I feel healthy here. And yeah, that's, it's so exciting. Definitely. I look, I look forward to doing that one day. So something that, that Bonnie has mentioned a lot, Bonnie's just going to come up a lot because <laughs> I love Bonnie. <laughs> she's the best. We call her the Guinea pig because she does everything. And then she comes back, gives us a field report. And we're like, I want to do that too. <laughs> but yeah, no, she tells me you hold impeccable space and your, your ability to, to tune in and to move around and do all of that. I'm assuming that's not really, is it something that's been taught to you or is it something that you've developed from within? I always think things are this and, and so, you know, it's both in my own you know, healings, right? Watching other people hold space. And it's kind of like what you said, you can't really help people until you you've helped yourself. And I've gone to so many retreats. I've been had space held to me by so many people. I've seen things, what works, what doesn't work. I've had some of the, are we allowed to curse? Yeah. Okay. I've had some of the shittiest space holding out there and I've really learned how to hold space for myself. <clears throat> But even with my own gifts, I'm able to hold space for myself, but it's more, it's just, I guess my gifts. So like what Bonnie is talking about, which you'll get to see is that I'm a channeler and I don't really talk about this on my social media. It's not something I am public about. So your podcast is the first where I'm mentioning that. Um, And so I'm able to communicate with my higher self and she it's not a she, right? It, it is, it's from many different um, dimensions. And I also channel the Pleiadians, Octarians, Illyrian, Lyrans, and Syrians, which these are all aspects of myself, but other ones that could come in. And so when I'm holding space, you know, it's just being present, presence of loving. And then these energies will come in where you need assistance, right? Our higher selves, our souls are talking to one another. I'm just the conduit. And it's like, hey, come over there. It's time to maybe rip off an entity or maybe there's some programming or maybe I just need to send in so much love. And I haven't seen anyone that's able, that does what I do. But so there's that where I just, I'm going with it. I'm learning with it. This channeling is a new gift that just came out about a little bit a year ago. It would always come out in my plant medicine journeys. But then one day I was just doing a group combo ceremony on men and it just 
came out like that. So were you shocked? Yes, because I was like, it was the first time it happened without needing medicine. And I just was like, what's going on? So this is all new, you know, to me. And the more that I work on removing the blocks and healing myself, the the more stuff that just comes out. And I'm actually trying to practice how to be, you know, human because it's, it's always on like sh- my channeling for my higher self. I'll just be in the grocery store and it'll start going or we'll be on a drive and there needs to be some energy cleared in the land or there's like someone. And so it's also putting up those boundaries where I'll be like, let's not do any healings unless that person really needs it. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That, that can be really tough, especially when you know, and you can't, you can't unknow things. Um, I don't know if you saw, but I perked up when you mentioned the Pleiadians, the Arcturians, just interdimensional beings in general. That's kind of how a lot of my journey began. I wish Bonnie was here. She's here in spirit. Um, I one day I was playing around with astral travel, and she's like, "Steph, I want to, I want to know if there is another planet that's like Earth." Thanks. And she sent me that at like nine o'clock at night. I wake up at five a.m. I read the message. I was like, "Okay, sure. no big deal. I'll give it a shot." But where I went um, was, um, I ended up with family, and when I eventually. It was another planet and another um, uh, galaxy. And eventually when I, months later, I just felt like doing research and I learned about the Lemurians. I don't know. I don't do too much research. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, it it felt so, it was, that's, that's, they are them and I am them. And, and this is my first time talking about this on the podcast. It's, I know that it can turn off some people hearing you know, I don't even like the word aliens. When, how did, how did that happen for you? Cause, cause also, and I don't have names for them, but since then it's just, I would start working with different groups of beings and I, and now I'm working with a group called, they call themselves engineers and they've, they've helped change me so much this year. And I'll tell you more about that later, but yeah, I would love to know how that came on for you and how do you know who was who? Yeah, great question. And I'm glad that we can both be talking about our connection with the aliens because it is so true and that I can put people off. But also I wonder, for me at least, is it me maybe dimming my own light or worried of fear of rejection? Or what are these people going to think of me? Are they going to think I'm I'm crazy when really it doesn't really matter because it is my truth, it's, it's your truth. But how this came about was I went to my first Iboga ceremony. Um, so are you familiar with Iboga? Uh, y- yes, I listened to it was um, Lifestylist podcast with Luke Story. He interviewed Jerry, who runs Rhythmia, and I think he did Iboga. So he, that's really kind of the extent of my knowledge, though. Yeah, that was Jerry's spiritual awakening. Um, he originally wanted to actually open up an Iboga retreat, but it turned into doing ayahuasca. And he has a whole book about how he talked to the moon. That was with Iboga, not yes. ayahuasca. Yeah, this is that is my favorite medicine. Um, you know, if one day I'm supposed to be serving it, we'll see. Right now, I'm just focusing on my healing with with that medicine. But basically, it's one of the most powerful psychedelics out there. It's like watching a movie of your of your life. So it's all your subconscious. It's a root from Africa. It's all it's all inward and it's intense. But this is where my gifts actually have come out was through this medicine. So when I first went to my first retreat, there was a girl there and said, oh, you're a Palladian. 
And I said, what are you talking about? I never even heard. I didn't even know what this was. And this was a year and a half ago. So I didn't, I didn't know what star beings were. None of that wasn't in my awareness at all. And then she told me and she was like channeling some Syrian. And then under my journey, I had, you know, visions. It actually brought me to the planet. I got to, to see my, the family and, and actually a few months before this, can't remember if before or afterwards, I did a hypnotherapy session with a friend of mine. And as I was driving home, I saw a flash of blue people that just, it was a vision that came through and I started bawling, like hurt to my core, crying, crying for a planet or people that I didn't even know it existed. Actually, this was before that because I, I didn't know and I was talking about how I saw that. And so, yeah, it kept showing up in my journeys, the, the channeling. And then I had another person after that told me, oh, you're a Palladian. And so it came into my, my awareness as other people telling me this first. And then, you know, I guess the, the medicine confirming it. And then how do I know I'm channeling? I just ask. And so, you know, I just, I have, com- I have communication with them, like, or even if it's my higher self, I just ask yes or no questions or sometimes kind of like the clear audience, right. You'll, you'll get the download of, of what, of what they're saying. Or a lot of times I don't know. And also there's in the voice, I'm able to distinct who is who because I channel light language through my voice and through my hands. And so I can tell now through the energy, through the hand movements, and most importantly, through the voice. Um, sometimes my voice vocal cords will get really deep and it's, re- it sounds like an old man. So I call him, he's, he's a liar. Cause you know, he's super old. He'll come through. It actually hurts when he comes out, but it's only here and there when he does. And so, and then the Octarians, they have more of an aggression with them. And then the Palladians, they're much more gentle. And so it's just kind of like learning as I go and just asking them. It's so interesting, this world, how there there is no book. I mean, there are books, but not really. <laughs> like there really isn't a manuscript of like, this is what happens next. Yeah, it really is a learning as you go sort of thing. Yeah. Have you ever had beings come in who weren't exactly benevolent or here for the highest good? I don't feel like that I've that they've come through me. Um, I mean, I have outer body beings on me. Of course, everybody does. Uh, I work with my clairvoyant teacher and healer, and this is what he does. He's clearing these outer body beings on me and he's teaching me how, well, it's not even touch. I can sense them. I know when they're on people, that's one of my gifts. I can sense when it's on someone's neck behind their eye where it's holding on and I can take it off because also my channel, my higher self who I channel, she's not human. Right. And so I have these things like they're called claws and I actually have a painting in my room that you'll get to see that I, my friend, we did a meditation to call in my higher self and these came out, but in my last Iboga ceremony in July, I got introduced to them. And so it rips out these entities, but they're nothing to be afraid of. They come in through our, our parents past lives, if you believe in that and, or just coming out. So let's say like, if you're getting angry and you get really all this aggression, right, that could be an outer body being that's coming in and influencing you and playing off the energy and for, for whatever they they're wanting to cause. And sometimes they're actually helping us out. Um, and so I try to like, I'm, careful who I talk to about this, even with clients, because maybe some people's not, some people aren't ready to hear that, or maybe they'll associate them with, with, with demons. But I don't feel like to answer that question more that they've come out to work on people, but I know that I do have them that I work on with my, my psychic healer 
Mm-hmm. But I don't think that there's any that are like coming in and doing it. I put on the boundaries, you know, I, I cover myself up hardcore with these energetic boundaries. I even, I don't know what the name of the shape is, but it basically looks like a soccer ball. And I put this soccer ball shape of love around me that one of my other clairvoyant healers has taught me and only divine love and divine truth is able to enter. And I'm always working too with my clairvoyant teacher we look into my channeling and he'll look to see what beings are trying to come in and he helps to clear it. And so I think it's always just like not being blinded to it. It's it's when you're have this responsibility of holding this much space and knowing what your gifts are, it's always checking in on it. What's coming through? What, what do I need to look at and what are the energetic boundaries? Yes. Yeah. When, when you, when you begin ceremony, how do you, cause I, I understand for yourself, but how do you create it for the ceremonial space? Yeah. Um, so I started the night before and so like for you ladies, I started last night, you know, preparing the space, but energetically, but it's really just my channeling in my light language. So even that soccer ball shape of love that I was telling you that for myself, I put that on the map. So everyone gets their own codes. I don't know where you're going to be sitting, but my higher self does. And so there's what I've learned through Reiki. There's what I've learned through my psychic teacher, Dave, that's his name. And then just doing my, my own gifts. So it's like a whole, it's just a whole routine of a lot of it is, is psychic. And of course, yes, there's sage and using sound, but this is like a, a whole deeper level. My energy healer teacher, something I really love that he's always said is, yes, you can use that, but you're also so much more powerful than that. Yeah creating grounding cords too. That's a big one. And so I put tons of grounding cords all over the room and that's, you know, like basically vortex is sucking it down into mother earth so she can transmute it. And then uh, I create roses. And so, because with energy, right, it has no form. And so I create a form of a rose and then any unconsciousness that's leaving that I can't transmute, put it into that rose, I'll explode it. And that's another big part too, that I transmute energy. I help you release, I help other people. And so as you'll get to see, that's kind of my space holding. And it is, it looks like yawning. It looks like burping or the the light language. That's funny. I have a client, we, I, we do um, distal esoteric acupuncture protocols to help her get into a trance state. Usually it's to, to talk with her mom and she's always yawning and I've never seen anyone do that, but she would ask me, what is that? And I would say, I mean, I guess maybe it's a purge. Is that, is that what that is you, or I guess it's different for everyone. Um, but for you is yawning a purge or is it just a, 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 release. a release? Yeah. Okay. Of course, I all yawn in my own ceremonies and I can know, okay, that's like a, a way of releasing energy, but mostly through the, the transmuting of the energy, it will be like a yawn or I keep it right now. Yeah. <laughs> we keep on oh, saying yawn. But mostly it will come out in, in a burp. And I always say, I'm like, God, couldn't they pick something more elegant? <laughs> but <laughs> I'm coming out the other end. You know? <laughs> I'd rather be burping than, you know, tooting. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, uh, when my second ayahuasca ceremony, I was didn't realize till a couple hours in that I was helping others in the room transmute by having little head shakes and little little whistles. And when I do healings for others, I I hold back a lot. And I noticed since ayahuasca, it's like, it's almost like a song wants to come out of me, but I'm like, these people didn't come for my whole freak show. They just want a healing. So I hold back and 
we'll talk about that more <laughs> before ceremony. Um, so I would going kind of on that vein, when it came out of you, I guess you were al- already kind of in this knowing. I imagine you sitting on a stump, a tree stump, and you're standing on the tree stump. And you're like, my roots are connected. I'm not going anywhere. So I'm assuming you didn't really have a moment of, ooh, Danica, cut it out. Some people might not like this. Mm, you mean, I, yeah, right. I'm already wanting to go into like, well, who's to say what you're doing isn't a healing, right? They, they came for that healing and we can go into what's the limiting belief or what's, you know, the, the fear around shining and being our authentic selves. And of course, in the beginning, I used to over explain what I'm doing. You know, I would try to say what it's going to look like, what it'll sound like, I would even maybe apologize. But I also work with a lot of people. This is their first step into their healing, um, especially with the combo. And so they're not introduced to any of this. But now I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I know who I'm, I'm working on, like truly accepting myself, knowing who I am. And it doesn't really matter what they think. And if they're uncomfortable, like, that's something that they get to work through. I'm holding that space. Let's let's work through that uncomfortability. What's coming up, you know, because it's not personal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. And so so there there's never a moment in any ceremony with anyone that um, I guess wouldn't be so key. Like has the, it, the demon thing. It's it's interesting you brought that up. That's been coming up a lot in the past year or so. This very human attachment and belief in demons. And I personally, I don't believe in demons. I, I believe that humans create demons, if anything. But anyone, I, and I, I noticed that like religious people uh, in the in the beginning, I just wanted to tell everyone and anyone. And I really, I very quickly turned them off. And then I would never see that person again. Are, are there people that you ever hold back with? Or you just, when you're in ceremony, you it all flows. You, you don't hold back the flow. I think the beings, you know, the light ones, my higher self, whoever's coming through, right? They're so intelligent that I'm just like the floor is theirs and it's meant to only love and light come in and they know who can handle it and who not because when I'm actually ripping off these darker energies, entities, whatever you want to call them, it gets very loud. It can get very aggressive. I'm sure behind my, I told you because it's so deep in the energy, but sometimes I'm able to actually do it. It's all the same with the voice. Like I can tell with my hands, I can tell with my mouth, but the, my voice will be in a whisper. And so it's still happening, but they're so intelligent. They know who can handle and who can't. And even around my family, I was giving my grandparents Reiki, which is, beautiful that they're opening they're open for it and my I was still doing light language but it was very soft tone because it knew that they wouldn't be able to maybe accept that right because they're very conservative not yeah very conservative Christian household so that would have been like what what's going on actually that's a question I love to ask uh, people in this realm what does your family think (laughs) about all of this I don't think they really understand. Um, I grew up hardcore Christian as well. And so that's how ayahuasca exploded me out of that, you know, the religious fish tank into like, oh, there's so much more. You know, I used to teach young life um, in in high school. I used to teach children's ministry. I wore a cross. Like I was deep into this religion. I even like told my husband before we got married, I don't think we should have sex anymore. We need to wait. And even trying to convert him because he was agnostic. So that's all that but my I just think that my mom is tapped in but she 
doesn't really, she doesn't know. She can feel auras because I, we had like a reconnecting back in August. She came to visit me. I hadn't seen her. She hasn't been to my house in like six years. And so it was very healing and I was working on her. And then when she sat up and she was like, I can feel your aura. And I got to see, oh, you really are, are, are tapped in, you know, as well. Um, and I was doing my light language around her. And I think she was seeing her face like, oh, this is weird. And she'd go, like, just joking, like trying to like repeat it. But uh, my grandparents, you know, they're they're elderly. They don't really know. I talked I talk about the combo, the frog, but they don't really know my gifts because I don't really talk about it so much on, um, like I said, I don't really talk about it on social media. So the only people that really know is if you're in my healing room, you're here with me or even on my Instagram on my combo page, there's when I'm serving someone hoppy, there's a little bit. So, and it's not that I don't share it in fear of what they'll think. It's, I have not gotten that call to be like, let me post it all over the internet. Right. something that I've been working through and somebody has introduced me to soplas and mapacho and post ceremony hygiene. I would love to know how you take care of, take care and and shed and regain your energy. And how do you feel after holding space like that? Good question. So it begins before ceremony. Um, you know, I have a whole routine before I even hold space for people taking care of myself. If I have clients in the morning, I go to the sauna, you know, I have two hours before I go to work that I'm doing maybe some of my house chores or is it meditation? Is it breath work? Is it dancing? Is it a walk in nature? But definitely, you know, a sauna because I have to charge up before I even hold the space because that's a big part, making sure that I'm coming in with an overflowing cup, not a full cup not an empty cup, because if my cup is just full, then people are still taking from that. And so you want to be filling other people's cup from an overflowing one. And so if I have people that ask to come in earlier, I'm like, no, I can't because that time is dead. is doesn't What is the word? I'm like designated to me. And this has been a big part is boundaries. You know, as healers, boundaries, I think is something that we're all working on. And it's not just boundaries with other people, it's boundaries with ourselves. It's three, three, three angel number. Mm. <laughs> they're, they're speaking. Um, and so, and then during the ceremony, this is a part of not getting drained as well. I used to get really tired because I was picking up other people's stuff. And this is, you know, the whole boundary thing. And what I've come to realize is that my self-worth was being put into the outcome of what's happening. So let's say I really want someone to heal, which is not my responsibility. I'm just holding the space. But if I'm putting that, their outcome is going to dictate my self-worth. I, I'm worthy of this. I'm an incredible healer or, or the ego. Oh, I did that. Or I want it so bad. Let me take on that energy. And so the more that I've worked on my self-worth and not having any attachment to the outcome, I don't get drained. And so and then that leads into what's after ceremony is that I'm not actually drained because I didn't pick up anything, but I still have the spiritual hygiene where I cleanse the room. I'll take an Epsom salt bath. Maybe I'll do some hot bay. I, you know, I clear the, I light language myself or go be out in nature. Um, I'll have days where I have maybe six or seven clients and I, I'm not feeling the drain from that because like I said, when I'm channeling, I'm not taking my own energy. I, right. It's coming directly from, I'm just the conduit, but that has to come with heavy boundaries, really grounding it and not having attachment, which takes time to, to develop this. Um, 
what I'll get tired is because I'm at such a high frequency, it's coming back down to earth. Mm. That's where I will get tired. And, and usually it's once I am coming down to this plane, that is what is making me tired, but it's not like the holding space. It's the radical shift. Um, being in that high channel state too. Okay. Time to (laughs) come back down to, to this plane. Yeah. I I love that you called out three, three, three while discussing boundaries and this whole answer was all about boundaries because that has been the, 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 is it indicator? It's, it's what started it all for me. It's what enabled so much and it's what I continuously struggle with, but without boundaries, there is no control in moving forward within this sort of world. When I was young, I had no boundaries. I didn't, I wouldn't grow up with boundaries. When I had beans come in and I had no boundaries, I felt haunted and it scared the living daylight out of me. And then when I had boundaries, all of a sudden things started making sense. And I could say, yes, please. No, thank you so easily. But that being said, I still have so much more to go. But that's why I'm doing this work. That's why I'm shedding. That's why I'm shedding. While you're working on boundaries, water. That is my best friend. I love water. So in the summer, after I hold a lot of space, I'll go jump in the river because mm-hmm. that is just to have the, the, the moving of the energy, especially the crown. Like I love to dunk my head in the water or a bathtub or the shower. It's the quickest way to clear energy. And then a good old Hoppe meditation. Mm, Hoppe is, he's the best. Um, speaking of crowns, uh, how, yeah. yeah, how does, how does that feel? If for, for, cause this isn't, I don't do video. Um, Danica has recently shaved her head and it looks, it looks amazing for, and for so many reasons, it feels amazing. I guess I, that's more of the word I want to give it. If you don't mind briefly, just like letting me know what brought you there, how it, felt and how it is right now that's something I've always said one day I'm going to shave my head my hair is really really it's it's a thing and people get angry with me when I discuss it so yeah I'm going to give you the floor uh talking about your crown (laughs) isn't it cute how people can get angry at what we want to do with our avatar our body (laughs) as if it affects them in any way shape (laughs) Yeah, I just freshly shaved it today, so I kind of do it every three or four days. Um, so why I shaved my head is that, you know, we're talking about Iboga. Um, well, I got initiated into the Bawiti. So the Bawiti is a, it's not a religion, and it's more of a study of life. So, and it's from, you know, Iboga. And so back in July, I got my initiation. And when I came home, I just woke up one day and my higher self said, you need to shave your head. You need to take off all the hair, but you have to wait. I have to wait until after I had my implants removed. So um, two months ago, you know, I removed my breast implants. And when you do this initiation, it's really about coming back to your true authentic self. And the ceremony starts, you know, after it. And I think what I'm feeling is that it's just a call coming back to my true self, even the, the alien self, if you want to call it. But more for me is that I used to have extreme attachment to my physical body, right? I put breast implants in. I used to have hair extensions. I used to tan. I, um, I used to have the nails, right? All this stuff that wasn't me and not really accepting who I was. I used to self-harm. I had an eating disorder. I was bulimic, you know? 
And so as I've healed and shed, I'm coming back to who I am, taking off the mask, taking off everything and really seeing, do I love myself? Can I accept myself as I am? And yes, so it's a testament to, you know, all the healing, but it feels amazing. I, I, I don't know if I can go back to hair. Um, once it starts to grow out, I don't like it, but things change. So right now I'm rocking the bald head, especially when you shave it. I'll let you feel it tonight if you want. It's <laughs> By tomorrow, it will feel like um, a cat's tongue because the hair grows back super fast. And you're really cold, especially now it's getting winter. I'm just freezing. Yeah, that's gotta. That's probably got to be the toughest part about it. Somebody recently, she asked me if I covered my crown when I did ancestral work with others because she said that ancestors tend to want to latch onto the crown. Um, have you heard anything like that? No, I haven't. I coming in to to look at to look into. But when I work on people, I cover my third eye, but I've never um, covered my crown. So I'd love to hear more about that. So you can tell me, you know, here or off the podcast. It's up yeah, to honestly, that's about the extent of it. <laughs> she just kind of asked me in passing, and I was like, "All right, put a pin in that. We gotta." She's she's a, somebody I really want to actually a friend of Bonnie's who I want to do. Uh, she, she's a healer, a coach, um, somatic therapist, uh, so many things. And she's somebody I really want to work with. And when she asked me that, it, it, it made me think, oh my, well, when you mentioned earlier, you have your, your channeling teacher. Like I've, I don't have really anyone I know who does what I've experienced and what I do. And it sounds like it must be such a, like a, a beautiful, like, I don't know if tethers the word or, or like a comfy couch to have on hand to have a teacher who is a channeler as well and has similar gifts to, to, to help guide you like as a mentor. Well, he doesn't channel light beings. And so he's a clairvoyant. So, you know, obviously he has his psychic abilities, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't do light language. He doesn't channel his hands. He doesn't do that. So he's a seer, right? So he can go in and see these things and help to clear what he calls matching pictures. And then I actually recommend all my clients to get readings with him and he teaches this. So it's not like it's just special for me. Anyone can be learning what, what he does, but yeah, it does help to be able to go in and ask. And then even with the crown thing, I'm going to ask him about that. But what just came into me is that if I had poor energetic boundaries, you know, of course, these people could latch on. But if I am grounded, and I'm having my boundaries, and I'm putting those up, to me, I would think, well, how can they even come in to attach onto my crown? Because that would be poor spiritual hygiene if they were able to do that. Yeah. Would a cloth really do that? These things, it's energy. I don't really think like a cloth is gonna. <laughs> <laughs> and I think too, hear, hearing you say that, just feeling into that, that they some beings would have to be pretty dumb to when <laughs> you're how yourself is around to want to mess around. Yeah. Well, even like my husband, he, he's a coach and he'll be doing stuff. I'll ask him, did you put up your your uh protection and stuff and I'll be like oh no I forgot I'm like yeah I know because I had to clear them science <laughs> coming in I'm like oh okay there's something and yeah but he's learning that's awesome so he's he's a little bit more down to earth compared yeah. to yeah that's yeah that's my husband too he keeps me uh human last final questions for you um the first is what is a food especially considering gosh you do you've done the work you you're 
Yeah, it's it's really inspiring to see you as this. Food is my healer. It's I'm studying Chinese medicine, so it's herbs, food therapy. So that being said, what is a food that you have found incredibly healing for you on your journey? This is such a great question. And I really had to like think about that. <laughs> and from what comes to my mind, I'm like, would water be considered a food? You know? I think so. <laughs> Almost, you know, in a way, because our water is so so contaminated when um, even here, I mean, anyone can do those websites that you can log into your code and see what your tap water is in it. My house has 45 um, chemicals in the water and most of them are carcinogen. They cause cancer and that's coming into our home. And this is just public for me to see. So we have filters on everything. We have a Kongan, we have spring water. And so I feel like water is so important. You know, what are we eight, 70 to 80% uh, of water and then but most importantly spring water because we need these minerals and but also bone broth um i used to be vegan when i got into my spiritual journey i was that hardcore self-righteous vegan you know shoving it down everyone's throat <laughs> was actually an activist. You know, I went out to the slaughterhouses, I did the videos, I was there, I did marches. Um, but as I started to heal, and especially candida, because when you do a candida diet, it doesn't work doing vegan. And so I got to have an, an I guess you could say an ego death with that. Um, I slowly, I tried to do it vegan, but I was like, I couldn't do it, right? Because you can't have any carbs, and I can't live off vegetables. <laughs> And so it started with bone broth and that was really healing for me. And I got to see how much my body needed the bone broth. So that's also, I think, one of my favorite foods in, into healing. And then seeing how incorporating salmon back into my life, my skin completely changed. Um, but to think about what's the most important food, it's really, I think, just listening to your body. Your body knows what it needs. And so to like pinpoint it down, I'm like, well, there's so much that my body needs. And so it works for me is going to be different for, for you or somebody else. And so I think it's really grounding in and tuning in and listening. What do I need right now? And that's going to be the most healing food. Yeah, that's that's so on point. Um, it's so funny because a lot of people who I interview, they will say, allowing myself to have steak and mashed potatoes the way my mom used to make me when I was younger because I used to be vegetarian and then now I'm, yeah, I had a lot of lessons on that over the past two or three years. And it's like, what you eat doesn't necessarily make you more spiritual or more worthy. It's how you eat it. Like for us eating meat and seafood. <clears throat> I still don't eat pork. I don't eat, you know, octopus. I'm very particular about what I will take. And it's from the farmer's market, right? I've talked to the farmers and having that relationship and praying over it and not just blindly, blindly eating it. Even when I'm in it, I'm actually, oh, I could cry because it just really, it, you know, because it really is a special like thing. And like, I love animals so much and like, it, it does hurt me, but my body was, it was falling apart and especially with the candida overgrowth. And so really developing, thinking that chicken or thinking that bison and, you know, because they're giving the gift of me to have a healthy body and energy. And that gift is going out through my channeling. And actually when I incorporated meat, my channeling got stronger because it grounds me. And, and so I, I'm just so appreciative for the gift that they're giving me to then it goes out to everyone. So their life doesn't go unappreciated. Right. And I think it's so important to not bypass the unwilling gift of it and the suffering that did go behind it. Yeah. That's right before I eat 
the, the very last thing after I go through my whole thank you, thank you, thank you is together we rise. More like that. Yeah. Okay. And then you can answer this to the extent of however you feel comfortable, but what is the darkness that you've either recently found yourself on the other side of or recently moving through? Yeah. You know, there, there's there's so much because I'm constantly in it, you know, when you're <laughs> constantly in it, you know, because as a space holder, right, my the people that are coming to me, we usually have similar traumas. And it's actually a gift that I'm able to, your mirror, I'm able to go into. And as Dave, my clairvoyant teacher would say, we have matching pictures and I'm able to go into them. But Something that I'm getting on the other side is my sexual trauma, Um, you know, deep into that. And it keeps getting uncovered. Iboga will show you. This is how I discovered. It wasn't until last, about a year ago that I discovered my uncle had molested me. And then recently I found out my brother and now my grandpa. And so it's coming out and I was angry for a really long time. and My body just shut down. And so I feel like I'm coming on the other side <laughs> of the of the, that energy with that. And what I'm currently working on now is opening my heart. Um, because when you've got so much sexual trauma that started as a baby and abandonment wounds, you build these walls to keep people out. And that was a big thing of why I took my implants out, that they were blocking my heart chakra. And... It, it shows up the most in, with my husband, right? Because he's the closest one to me. And with with clients, people, or animals, it's easy for me to have that open. It's to be more open. But with him, it's like don't don't come in. I don't want you to see me because what if you leave? And even though I've worked heavily on my anxious attachment wound, and I trust that he's not going anywhere, it's all subconscious. Mm-hmm. So right now that's what I'm working through, which is also related to the sexual trauma as well, because he's a man and so I'm just currently working on that. And then also radically accepting myself. Because if I can accept, you know, the dark parts in me or the parts that I don't want to say ashamed, but my life before now is completely different. I used to be a stripper. I used to sleep with my clients. I was a drug addict and um, just a different person than I am now. And I've worked to heal that. But I've noticed like if I'm what I'm judging in someone else is really a part that I haven't accepted in myself. And so I think that's part of opening the heart. If I can truly accept these parts of myself, it's going to be easier for me to accept other people. And the heart will just be open versus closing. Yeah. The heart is the one that takes a while to to open. You can't just bust it open. You know, you have to chip away at it with all of our wounds. We chip away. We're an iceberg. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of hearts, hearing a lot of what you said got my heart fluttering and and almost in a similar way that combo gets it to flutter. It's like (laughs) rising to my throat. I'm like, Oh, we're getting close to time, but Oh my gosh. And it's so funny. Like what you said, how you are a mirror for a lot of your clients. Um, Yeah. We're a mirror for each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Um, But yeah, everything you said, we got, we got a lot to talk about. (laughs) Uh, and the biggest thing too is we're going to heal no matter what, you know, this is a ceremony of life. You don't have to do all these ceremonies. It's just going to come, but we have the choice, you know, mm-hmm. having your a relationship is 
the biggest spiritual growth you can have if you choose to look at that, you know, versus give me, give me, I want, take, you need to do this to make me happy versus you're giving me a gift right now. This trigger, this wound coming up, this is part of my spiritual development where that I get to make opposite action. I get to choose, or you can just say, fuck it. I'm going to be human and go. (laughs) I want to eat a pizza. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, I was going to, my mind just wrapped up. Oh, but you can only take someone as far as you've met yourself. And so that's honestly what I really want, why I want to go deep into this, because we're here to heal and evolve. And it's not easy, this path. And it, it's hard. You know, I was in the car on Tuesday, bawling my eyes off, going, feeling into my heart pain. And I, because I've had body work and it was opening up, but I just like, you know what? I'm doing this for my daughter. Um, I've already, I've met my kids' souls under Iboga. And so I'm doing it for them so they don't have to do it, but also knowing that they're going to come in with their own pain. And of course, they're going to come get stuff from me, their other lifetimes, but I don't want them to have to do this work. And I want to be able to hold space for other people, but most importantly, it's it's for myself. Yeah. It's funny how you know them, but you don't know them, but you will do anything for them. Mm. Well, thank you for doing the work. Thank you for sharing so honestly and open-heartedly. It's so refreshing to hear you speak in the way you do. Um, Is there any last parting message that you would like to share before we wrap it all up? Other than I'm just excited to hold space for you these next two days and just, you know, to, to see your light shine and to see what needs attention and loving and what's just going to come through and, I know I'm going to learn. So I've ever, I've already learned a lot from you through this conversation, but I know just being in ceremony and I'm so glad Casey's coming so I can bear witness rather than be in the middle of it. Um, and, and just learn. I'm like a lifelong student and I think you're going to be a very important teacher for me. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the school of whispers podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave me your review, to share with a friend, and to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Again, if you would like to work with Danica, you can find all your information in the show notes. If you'd like to work with me, you can find my website in the show notes as well. And I just, I'm so glad you're here. I'll be feeling your energy next week. 